137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? This is Pixelated Paranormal, episode number 68. And that would be part three of our uh, cryptid encounters that we're doing here. And uh, yeah, I'd say um, normally I say welcome, but I'd like to just welcome everybody. Welcome to everybody listening right now, whether it is your very first time joining us or you've been here since the beginning and, and everything in between. Man, if you've been here for 68 episodes, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah, because we should get everybody like a, a special badge <laughs> for some of that early shit. So, yeah, uh, we know you have lots of options when it comes to Paranormal Podcasts. And we thank you for choosing mm-hmm. us along with every other one you can listen to because that's the awesome thing about podcasts. You can listen to as many as you want. And uh, we, uh, you know, we know we're not the best paranormal podcast out there but by god we sure as hell aren't the worst <laughs> darn right we're kind yeah. of in the middle we're we're riding that fine line <laughs> yeah i'd like to think it's a, it's all about balance baby so you give me that patreon <laughs> we'll give you extra right. shit boom we'll yeah you it. know what there <laughs> Mark does have one set up for Pixelated Network, but um, we don't. We don't really. We don't ask for Patreon stuff here because this has always been a free podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We're lucky enough that you know Mark hosts us, and uh, you know it's, it's a hobby. It's uh, it's a luxury for us to be able to do this, and we're we're blessed, or however you want to say that. We're stoked. We're thankful to do this, and it's it's been a blast. So indeed. Well, we're gonna. We're going to go ahead and do some announcements at the top of the episode. First and foremost, there is a storm coming, so we're hoping not to have any interference. Um, but if you notice some funky noises, um, we'll see how that goes. I don't think it will interfere, but we don't know. Or it's the government so shutting us down. <laughs> that's true. It wouldn't be the first time, right? All right. Especially on Xbox. There's, <laughs> there's no filter on Xbox when we're in party chat, so some really greasy yeah. stuff happens. So if you ever yeah, want to be a, jump in the party yeah. chat, come on yeah, in. Right. There's got to be a couple panel vans outside of each of our houses by now. It's just like, what the fuck are <laughs> these guys talking about? <laughs> Fucking nerds. Yeah, for real. But yeah. Um, and then speaking of interference, uh, Steve might have a little bit different sound. You just moved into a new place, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Smaller. Moving into a new yeah, place. So, so my office, I just got my shelves up, but I don't have my other like big, tall bookshelves in here or anything in here at all it's just a bunch of boxes so it might sound a little different plus i'm in a new room so i don't know i think it sounds good oh. but fuck it yeah he'll be fine might be a little echoey because you don't have your accoutrements set up but we'll deal with it get you in your big words uh, i know it's a ten dollar word congratulations oh, hell yeah thanks Flo. <laughs> preston you got anything new going on with you man uh no, you know I'm uh doing a chili for charity this weekend and uh, still yeah. have a kidney stone. So still, <laughs> yeah, you know it's like uh it's like you know I haven't felt the pain for a couple of days and all of a sudden like two days ago I woke up and it's like it's a lot of backup in Nick's lot of oh, yeah. a lot of backup yeah. Hopefully it's a kidney stone and not kidney gravel. You don't know, have a couple of them. Oh yeah, it's like oh, pissing okay. sand. Hey, your uh, your chili is going to actually. You're going to do your chili, your chili before this episode airs. Do you want to tell everybody what you put in that chili? You don't have yes. to, but 
So my uh, my chili recipe. Let me uh, let me pull this bad boy up real quick because <laughs> I got it saved. I can't believe <laughs> this motherfucker has a chili recipe. Sean posts his little bachelor for a couple yeah. day recipe on Facebook, and right. everybody goes ape shit about it because he put some weird stuff in it. Like, yeah, yeah, I people yeah, branch branch out of your life and try new things. Yeah, and you fucking try yeah, try it. different things. You know, explore. Okay, so tomato paste. That's your basic. The any chili is you got to have um, some sauce to it. Uh, so tomato paste and then chipotle sauce, which is like uh, chipotle peppers and adobo sauce. And then I use Bud Light orange um, that has a like a light beer flavor with a nice orange peel aftertaste to it. Mm. So then we used uh, diced tomato, kidney beans, and then uh, brown sugar, uh, honey, uh, ghost pepper uh, powder, just just the pinch, and then uh, kidney beans. Hmm. Hell yeah, man. It sounds you mix, nice. You mix all that together, and if it's a little bit too hot for you, so if you ever make chili too hot, and you're like, fuck, I don't want all this, this goodness to go to waste... Just a dollop of peanut butter will help cut back that heat, and it won't add any flavor to the chili. Wow, you know your uh, your recipe reminded me kind of like a Thai, yeah, uh, type of recipe. And if you fuck, throw some, throw some more peanut butter in there next time, or, or save a bowl and experiment with it and see yeah. what happens. So I love me a good Thai peanut sauce. Did you uh, come up with this yourself, you and your lady, or what? Uh, no, yeah. Well, me, uh, she she has her own. He is a lady. Chi- yeah, uh, she has her own chili that she added pickle okra to. That's really good. But this yeah. particular concoction is all me. Uh, we made it. We made it last year. So we did a, a chili for charity last year, and uh, we did because you know everybody's always making fun of the Masons with uh, goats. How we do weird things with goats, and uh, so <laughs> I, I did goat meat chili. And uh, goat meat tastes like Bigfoot's dick, so it's very hard to cook. And uh, so we substituted goat for lamb because we, as Masons, wear light, you know, lambskin leather aprons. Mm. Um, and uh, so we did a lamb chili, and everybody at this fucking competition was like, "Lamb, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna eat no goddamn lamb." And we're like, "Just try it." And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh my god, this is the best fucking chili here!" Uh, so uh, yeah, it's been my go-to recipe ever since then. I, I got a little bit of an ego boost from all those people in the crowd. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I got nothing but hate for my chili. Um, Which, like you said, <laughs> no, just the the one I made this weekend. Yeah, I, know, I yeah, you know, you posted the you posted the recipe on Facebook, and my dick got hard. I was like, God damn, I'm jealous. <laughs> oh <my> like God. <laughs> sardines <laughs> and peach. Like, Welcome to the chili podcast. Woo. <laughs> Welcome to Chili Talk, pixelated chili beans. Yeah, I uh, you know Shayla was out of town for an extended that's like, the name five days. That's the name that, that we should do for this extra life thing, pixelated chili beans. Pixelated <laughs> <laughs> chili beans, right? Rob would be like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> right? Yeah, Rob will just roll his eyes till they fall out. Yeah. No, uh, Shayla took a long weekend trip with some of her friends, and uh, I was just kind of like, "What can I make to eat for like five days straight?" Because I'm just very simple when it comes to yeah. you know I <laughs> same shit every day. So it was funny because his wife goes on a work – I think it's like a work vacation. You know, you're yeah, so It's traveling. a work trip, yeah. yeah. And uh, Sean just becomes like ultra bachelor. Like <laughs> makes one meal, eats off that for five days, watches <laughs> every movie he's been wanting to watch to get caught up <laughs> because it, you know he wants to watch stuff with his wife. So it's like I got all the time. He watches like all of the, the shit. He's like, oh, I'm finally watching this, finally watching that. And I'm like, 
Oh, you know Shayla's out of fucking town. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know, I'm working on a special poster for uh, the Horror Fest this year. Oh, heck yeah. And that I probably wanted got some you a lot of time, did it? Did yeah, it did, man. Um, it did. It, it bought me a lot of time. I just wanted some background noise and just some, you know, some horror stuff to kind of float my boat. So, it, man, I watched so much stuff. I watched The Gate. I watched Lost Boys. Um, I watched You're So Cool, Brewster, the making of Fright Night, the original. Uh, man, I watched so many movies this week. I watched The Boy on mm-hmm. Netflix that has the, the chick who was with Glenn on Walking Dead. Uh I watched Game Over Man with the guys from Workaholic. I watched fucking a ton of stuff. Alan, you got to watch the package, man. I will. I'll, I'll watch that one next. For anybody out there that yeah, doesn't so, know, the the dudes that do Workaholics did this. Uh, what was it called? The, the one? The package? No, they have Oh, one. Game Over Man. Yeah, Game Over Man. And they actually all three star in that. Whereas this other movie, the package, it's written by them and not starred by them, but a whole new cast of like these teenagers, and it's so hilarious. If you like dumb, dirty comedy, but it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, dude, Game Over Man was just kind of like a stoner's version of Die Hard. Yeah, oh yeah, that's ex- exactly what that movie exactly. was. Yeah. It was amazing. And you get to see a little bit too much of Adam too many times. Yeah, yeah. good for him. <laughs> yeah. Going with you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Going with real effects. Yeah, <laughs> man. But yeah, so I wanted to make chili, and I got the idea. Um, shout out to the Boogie Monster podcast because uh, Dave Stone does a lot of cooking on there, and he made a chili once. And so I borrowed some ideas from his chili, and I did the normal stuff, you know, uh, three different kinds of beans, a whole onion, um, fire roasted tomatoes, two different ways, salsa and uh, diced. I threw in two one and a half packets of chili powder mix, chili mix, and then I threw in um, uh, I pureed a can of peaches and then I added four pips of Hershey's dark chocolate. I threw in about uh, two tablespoons of cinnamon and then I pureed um, one and a third sardines after I pulled the spines out like some kind of primitive predator predator. Hmm. Um, and you know, it was, it was delicious. Everybody thought it sounded interesting until the sardines. I was hoping for a bit of a smoky taste. And then I realized I didn't grab smoked sardines. I grabbed regular sardines, but uh, it was still good. I ate almost the entire pot. And then by the, she, Shayla came home and then it's still in the fridge. I might eat it tomorrow, finish it off, but uh, it was good. It was kind of a sweet heat. Um, I put in about a th- one third bottle of Cholula, and then I put in another like a can of green chilies too, and a, and a whole jalapeno. Uh, caraway seeds. If you're ever missing that smoky element, uh-huh. throw in uh, some caraway seeds, like a couple pinches of caraway seeds. Oh, and as they break down, they will give you that smoky essence that you're missing. Okay. See, there you go. Um, and then, in, you know, in hindsight, next time I will buy fresh peaches and probably dice those, and then not throw in sardines. And then probably a semi-sweet dark chocolate. Anyway, enough talk about <laughs> Chili Corner. <laughs> and to speak on uh, speak on about other fundraisers, Steve, why don't you announce what we got going on in the pipeline? Cool. Yeah, we're going to be heading down to uh, our buddy Rob Henderson Man's house uh, next month. So during that yeah. time, uh, we are going to be doing a charity stream on October 30th. Starting at noon Central t- Standard Time U.S. and then we're going to be going all the way till noon on October 31st. That's right, Halloween, boys and girls. Oh boy! At 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. So during that time, we play video games, a lot of video games. It'll be a 24-hour mm-hmm. stream. Um, 
I, I don't like I do it as a team as a team effort. We have individual pages because we 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 all broadcast out to different venues and people and friends and family. So uh, we will always have at least one stream going for our team for that 24 hours. Sometimes people have to take breaks, um, whether it's for men- mental reasons or just just <laughs> physical tiredness. But you guys are um, pansies. I'm going. I'm going full 24, mm, baby. See, Sean's never done this before, so he's talking like some big smack. Because keep in mind, I don't drink. Rob really doesn't drink, especially on something like this. And Corey didn't have anybody to drink, so he didn't drink. <laughs> But yeah. them two together, probably going to be drinking. Hopefully during that time, <laughs> it's going to be more social type games to be, make it more funny. Yeah, but it will be. that also induces tiredness. So mm-hmm. you ain't making no 24 well, I've hours. been drunk before, Steven. You're preaching to the choir, baby. Yeah. You're preaching to the preacher. <laughs> but during that time, we raise money for Extra Life. It is a fundraiser that helps Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're kind of in the middle. Uh, we got our pages set up, but we're thinking about it possibly a new name. And Sean's going to do a new graphic for it. And it's going to be tight. Oh, so yeah. it's going to be awesome. And what'd you guys, you guys brought in $1,200 last year, yeah, right? Yeah, 1200 yeah. Which is crazy. Amazing. Which man. is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So, so hopefully we yeah. can, uh, we can beat that this year. But, you know, whatever we get, it's all going towards a good cause. So it's cool go. to push ourselves a little harder. Uh, yeah. last year was really, really cool. Uh, we stream, most people stream it on Twitch or Mixer. We didn't do that last year. And I think it was way more successful because Facebook has, um, you know, we set the post to public and then people can share them as they want. And then we hashtag everything and it just goes out to more personal people that, that we know, which I think brings in, you know, if 20 personal people I know donate $5, you know, look how look how much that is compared to if no mm-hmm. one sees us on Twitch because it's pretty hard to break that that you know that threshold of like why is somebody gonna watch my stream when they can watch this dude who has ten thousand viewers at one time? You know what I'm saying? Like it's a mm-hmm. harder yeah, sure it makes sense yeah harder realm to break into. Yeah, I think you're and Facebook was smart because people can watch us who don't play games, but like you know friends of ours who just want to watch us do something fun or funny yeah. or whatever. So. And we'll uh, we'll be posting that through our various social medias. We, you'll see us promoting this a lot. Don't feel obligated. It's not us fishing selfishly or anything else. We're just going to pr- promote the hell out of it. It's good for a good cause. Don't roll your eyes and think, Jesus, not again, because, you know, don't feel obligated. We're just going to be we're going to be pushing that through our various social medias um, mm-hmm. for the podcast and uh, personal, too. So, you know, if you see it, share it for us. If you can't donate, that's fine. But share it. Share it publicly for us, and we sure would at least appreciate that. Yeah. And check out the the Facebook live feeds and just talk talk to us. Because during that time, yeah. like, you're playing a lot of video games staring at a screen and just looking over at the chat on the computers, it helps a lot. A lot. Yeah, most definitely. And, and I'm last- sure we'll be mediating, too. Uh, you know, if we're not gaming, we can be mediating. Yeah. Moderating, whatever. Yep. Mediating. Yeah. So w- last year it was just me, Rob, and Corey. Sean's joining us this time. So that'll be a cool dynamic two, two on two, two v two action. Called me a social butterfly before. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll be, it'll, it'll be cool. Be, be on the lookout for that. And, uh, you know, if you donate, you can. Awesome. Thank you. Great. But if not, just share the video, check us out, give us a drop of a chat in the line, you know, it'd be cool. Yep. Hell yeah. And guys, don't don't turn this episode off early because it's going to be a long one. We're just kind of getting some important stuff out of the way. We've, we're bringing the heat for this episode. Um, but speaking of social medias, man, um, we got to give a big shout out to Alan, uh, Big Dobbs, Beard Bomb. 
that guy is is pimping our podcast hard, and we want to uh, we want to thank you, man, for you know spreading our gospel to people. Um, sounds like there's a fair bit of people in Nebraska who have yeah. been pretty big fans of ours. And uh, Preston, you don't get on Instagram because you're just a curmudgeon old kook. Yep. But yep. Uh, it sounds like we're slowly working on the momentum of maybe taking a, a road trip, a weekend trip uh, to Nebraska and meeting a group of guys uh, and gals. You know, if anybody anybody's welcome to join up, if you're in the Nebraska area, we can announce it more. But uh, a couple a couple people on there have, have expressed interest in. Uh, Coming down there and just hanging out or yeah, something. That'd be so, tight. Yeah, that sounds like it might be something that uh, I think it'll definitely happen as long as everybody's willing and we'll do it. A little yeah, long weekend yeah. trip and, and meet some listeners, man. So, yeah, Alan, thanks a lot, man. We sure appreciate what you do and, and spreading the word, man. And uh, you guys hear us, just we really blow up his uh, Big Dobbs Beard Bomb because we just believe in it. It's a great product. He, uh, he keeps our beards lush and fresh, and we really appreciate that. And it's just Pretty, pretty that, great. That pretty great. Beard forge soap bar. Networks. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, cool. he's in the he's in the process of sending us out some care packages. And uh, mm-hmm. Steven yeah. and I have gotten ours already. And Preston, you'll get yours soon, I'm sure. And uh, pretty good yeah. stuff. That bay pretty rum smell. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Dobbs, I'm uh, I'm still waiting for a rustic goat man if you ever do a paranormal <laughs> theme <yeah>. sense. <laughs> right? Oh, that's Dude, awesome. He did yeah. That, um, oh, my God. I'd die laughing. That's funny. Mm. And I got to give a shout out to um, my buddy Isaac. He's a listener and a long, long time friend of mine. Um, he's making some soaps and he wants us to get together uh, sometime, come out to his place and, and make some soap. And then we'll probably do a round table with him, too. So. Give a little tip of the hat and a lift of the kilt to Isaac real quick. Yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah. And uh, speaking of Goatman, we'll get to this menage a trois terror for our, our main topics here in just a minute. But Steve, you have something else you wanted to mention before the news? Yeah. Uh, got a local guy here in town. He's another fellow artist. Um, his name is CJ Marsh. You can check him out on CJ Marsh Art uh, Facebook. And it's pretty badass. Well, check out artwork of CJ Marsh. Um, cool. Yeah, he's just a local dude. I met him uh, when I went to Wichicon this last year. They had this like gaming land party type thing over in the Century 2 building. I walked in there and I was like walking around and uh, I seen his his prints and he has this, oh, this freaking amazing Pennywise with the boat and Georgie with the balloon and like it's just it's really cool it's my favorite by him and I bought it immediately I was like this is the shit um, oh, but yeah. he does like commission pieces and stuff but uh, the reason why I thought about giving him the shout out today and contacting him getting the approval because he's actually doing um, a, a fall digital illustration class right now so well in the fall oh wow so at the city arts building on 334 <laughs> North Mead and here in Wichita and there's digital illustration one which is the three-week class Students will learn how to use a Wacom tablet and the techniques used in today's video games and entertainment industry to create fantastic works of art and concepts of your own characters. Tablets provided, just bring your imagination, ages 12 and up. Pretty badass. And it's a three-week course for only 60 bucks. And then if you enjoy it, then he's doing uh, Digital Illustration 2, uh, which is another three-week course for 60 bucks. So I think that's that's pretty cool. Wichita needs more shit like that. Yep. And you know what? That's at City Arts, right? Yeah. City Arts is a fan-freaking-tastic place we have here in Wichita. They do so much artistic, you know, so many art classes, and they host shows, and they just support the arts like nobody's business. They've had their trials and tribulations. City Arts is pretty fantastic, and we're lucky in Wichita to have something like that. And uh, 
just a huge shout out. And speaking of, this is kind of cool. Um, fellow artist in Wichita as well, Dustin Parker has a really great show coming up this Friday, September 28th. Um, it's going to be called Miss. Yeah, sorry, pardon me. It's going to be called Mishmash, and it's going to be just a cornucopia of all the different things he's known for doing. These really great monster illustrations, paintings, faces, abstracts, really great shit. So I shouldn't say shit. That's not fair. Really great <laughs> art. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you live in Wichita or in the area, September 28th at City Arts, Final Friday, that's uh, going to be a really great show among other great artists in that building as well as throughout different places in Wichita. I'm hoping one of these days soon to get a show. Me and Preston have talked about trying to land a show together. Uh, sometimes. So yeah, man, shout out to Dustin Parker. He's got some pretty great stuff. He's done some pretty cool cryptid illustrations and he may have a couple, uh, lined up in this art show coming up. So word. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, that's 21 minutes of just (laughs) announcements and catching up, but we're still going to deliver. Uh, Steve, did you have an appetizer of a story before news you wanted to share? Yeah. Uh, two real, two real quick ones. So I came across this picture, uh, the other day. Uh, I can't remember who sent who sent it to me. I think it was our listener, but I'm not entirely sure. But it says, "Time, time we move on to more important questions, guys. Like, does Bigfoot have a human dick or one of them red rocket things like a dog?" <laughs> I think I want to say Patty sent that to uh, Shayla. And and I and I sent it to the group. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember who who did it, but. I was yeah, dying. I was dying laughing. That's fucking hilarious. It makes you wonder, though. Yeah. Food for thought. Does he have a red rocket dick? I think it's just like a six foot tall man's whole arm just hanging. Just a fucking pole. <laughs> it's like a T Rex arm pole. holding an apple. <laughs> oh, that is savage, man. That is savage. That's a good question. That's a that's a good question to get the the cogs turning. Because that one website needs needs its information, Sean. The one that sells the dragon, dragon dildos. So they also need a Bigfoot dildo, and they got to they got to know. They got to know the biology of that shit. (laughs) The the anatomics. (laughs) Gross. Oh shit. Preston, what do you think? And then we'll move on. This is pressing news. I I I think it's like a a T Rex uh, arm holding an an apple. I think he's you know he's he's packing you know. God, we're not a political podcast, but has everybody seen that shit that Stormy said about uh, Donald Trump's dick? Uh uh. No. Oh my God! She's got a tell-all book because everybody does. Yep. And she, what? of course, you know, there's the scandal that he slept with her, and then there may have been hush money involved to get her to be quiet. She described his penis to quote that mushroom character on Mario Kart. <laughs> Toad. <laughs> that oh that evil woman now I can't look at Toad the same way he's one of my favorites to race with oh my god she said uh, he knows he has an unusual penis it has a huge mushroom head like Toadstool <laughs> I lay there annoyed that I was getting fucked by a guy with a ye- <laughs> with Yeti pubes and a dick like the mushroom character from Mario Kart oh my god <laughs> yeah so that's not a diss from us against Trump that's just fucking crazy <laughs> that's, that's crazy savage words for anybody to say publicly about somebody man yeah that's that's insane and you know two of our favorite things video games and yetis yeah so. <laughs> yeah no shit maybe we're not that different after all oh god that's incredible all right oh, one, one more thing so last uh-huh. night i was watching the movie the amazing movie hocus pocus Mm-hmm. That movie is this shit, especially around Christmas or Christmas Halloween time. And uh, 
So on there, they're like, you know, these witches come come back to life, blah, blah. This cat's, this human is in a cat's body. The curse gets lifted. He becomes a ghost. Blah, blah, you know, fuck spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet, you're a fool. But go watch <laughs> it because it's great. But at the end, the little girl, his sister, is like, uh, Thackeray Binks, like, what, what, what took you so long? So my question was like, you're dead. Like, there is no time. Like you weren't just sitting there every day waiting. He was in a cat's body, with a, with a fucking curse. So my thing is, is like yeah. how, when it when a when a spirit is in either the ghost realm or heaven or some middle ground, whatever whatever you choose to believe, like do they sense time? Like waiting there forever? Do they like every day? They're like, oh, oh another day, another day. Or is it just like they appear and no time has passed since they got to be with? This person they were attached to, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because like I was just going off. I was like, he was a fucking cat. This human yeah. got turned into a cat for a over cat penis over 300 years. Couldn't die. Kept getting run over by cars. Probably caught the plague a couple <laughs> times. And you're fucking worried about him getting back to you. <laughs> like, you're dead. Yeah. Who gives a shit? You can wait forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, they always yeah. say that time is a human construct, and if yeah. you die, I mean, do you still maintain that humanity, or do you get enlightened? Steve, I'm going to piggyback on your question and ask this question again, because I asked it like two years ago. Um, they always say, you know, the witching hour is um, around 3 o'clock in the morning, and that's where the veil is the thinnest, and spirits can do their thing, and, and aliens come, and devils. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So what about daylight savings? <laughs> they, you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh shit, guys! It's it's daylight savings. We missed it. They, Damn it! And they they, they mm-hmm, check their iWatch. They're iWatch. like, oh guys, it auto updates. We're good to go. <laughs> their third iWatch. But yeah. the uh, the Bible does answer that question. In, uh, in uh, the original text, it does say that a thousand years here is like a day over there. So over where? Like in the in the in the in the spirit realm in the afterlife, like hey, hey, they experience time like one day to our thousand because like you know there's no so, such thing. So what as does that time. add up? What does that add up to the pain of your of your uh, kidney stone? Like is that like eighty thousand years? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Hell yeah, man. Those are those are some heavy hitting questions. Word. Sorry. On to the news. On to the news. All right, Steve, start yeah. that, man. Okay, so I was kind of reading this thing. I read it the other day, so I'm going to kind of like skim over it. Apparently, there's these yeah. two. There's these two brothers, uh, Al Bielek, B-I-E-L-E-K, and his brother Duncan Cameron. And basically, they say that they time traveled back in 1943, uh-huh. and they have the evidence to back it up. Uh-huh. So, um. Basically, uh, back in the day, they started working in 1943 at Montauk, Long Island, at the Montauk Air Force Station. Okay, right. Apparently, that, if you guys don't know, that's the place where they did all the psychological warfare techniques, including Uh this concept of time travel. It's the heavily inspired place to the amazing show Stranger Things. And then after their work done there, they were uh, assigned to board the USS Eldridge. Which is a top secret naval ship that had some pretty badass powers. What are them, you ask? Possibly becoming invisible and to teleport across the globe. 
The Philadelphia Experiment. Indeed. Yeah. So when I was reading this, there was a movie. I think it's been so damn long. I can't even remember it. But like they're on this submarine and they're fucking with time travel and stuff. And they actually get like welded into like <laughs> into the metal of the submarine. Is that a movie? It's an episode that? of X-Files, Steve. Was it? Okay. That's what, yep, that's what it was I was an episode of X-Files, yeah. Yeah, that shit is fuck has stuck with me. That that is so tight. Mm-hmm. So, and that's based off of the idea of the the Philadelphia experiment, right, Preston? Yeah, we talked about this yep. Uh, yep. episode yeah. 24, 25. I don't fuck, it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I I thought. I remember hearing about that shit, so. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so they claimed they traveled to the year 2137. When their brothers arrived, they spent 6 weeks lying in the futuristic hospital beds recovering from intense radiation poisoning. There was no human medical staff at the hospital. They were given no indication of where the building was located. So everything was just machines machined up. Uh-huh. Excuse me. According to the brothers, the futuristic medical system was pretty bizarre. In fact, they were treated for injuries using a series of vibrations and light. Anything that sounds crazy, then just wait. Because then they claimed there were also televisions lining the rooms that were playing educational and news programming. And that was where the brothers learned some very shocking things about what happened in the world since 1943. First thing the brothers learned, the climate change has significantly altered the, ge- the geography of the United States. Shockingly, the water levels had risen around Florida and reduced it to just the panhandle. Likewise, wow. Atlanta, Georgia was now only three miles away from the ocean. The Mississippi River had managed managed to become an island in an island in waterway or inland waterway, sorry, and the Great Lakes <laughs> had merged into one massive body of water. The brothers were also shocked to learn that the Earth's magnetic poles had begun to shift. Thankfully, there was an artificial pole structure that was built to prevent the collapse and reversal of the North and South Poles, which would have destroyed all life on the planet. Now, keep in mind, they've said this since 1944, all the way till all the way till I I, I think they're both still alive. They've uh-huh. never changed their story, and as you see, like here it is, 2018. Some of these problems are starting to arise and people are, you know, people like Elon Musk and Bernie Sanders, a lot of the people, they're like, you guys need to pay attention to this shit because this, you know, Florida is going to get watered up, uh, California, right. the possible of the Great Lakes forming, getting so overfilled that they're just going to basically split a big, you know, it'd be as an inland, inland waterway. It'd be crazy. So think yeah. about that. They're, they come back talking about all this back then. And then now you're seeing, like, holy shit, some of the stuff they're talking about is actually really happening. Right, right, yeah. So it says, the brothers also relayed that global warfare had broken out. The Russians went to war with China, and the United States was involved in a devastating conflict with several European countries. (laughs) A number of major U.S. cities were destroyed, and the infrastructure of the government completely collapsed. One of the most startling pieces of information the brothers supposedly learned and reported that the entire world's population had been reduced to 300 million people with the United States housing 50 million of them. And it only got stranger from there, boys. After, <laughs> after spending six weeks in the hospital bed, Al claimed he in- – this is where I call bullshit. Al claimed he inexplicably left his brother behind in 21 blah, blah, blah and traveled to the year 2749. Hey, dude, I'll be back. I'm going to go fucking three. <laughs> I'm going to go not even three. Yeah. What? 600 years into the fucking future. Yeah. Holy where he fits. where he remained there for two whole years. Left the other dude back. <laughs> Fuck that. No, kid. Yeah. He said there. Should I do that to Jason? Hole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Gillens? Like, is it not terrifying enough that you're already in this 21 year, like from 1940? And then you're like. Well, dude, have fun here. I'm going to go check out 27. Like, what? Like, fuck you, yeah. dude. What if the <laughs> first time period they landed in 
required that you always had to travel by twos, and if you're a single individual, you just get fucking murdered. There you go, Morty. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's, uh, a, that's a Rick and, Rick and Morty thing. Okay. Yeah, where's your buddy? Where's your buddy? No, where's your buddy at? Oh, you don't have a buddy? All right. Yeah. So he says, after spending six weeks in the hospital bed, Al claimed he was supposed to leave his brother behind, traveled to year 2749, where he remained for two whole years. There he, he described great floating cities that could be moved across the earth. Al also mentioned that everything was controlled by a synthetic intelligent computer system that ran the entire world. No form of government existed, and a huge floating computer structure communicated with people telepathically. Show me what you got. And this is the exact same. <laughs> like, if you guys haven't listened, because a lot has happened in the podcast world since our last episode. The Joe Rogan and Elon Musk interview is incredible. I suggest everybody listen to that shit. Loved it, yeah. loved it, loved it. Uh, and that dude is so amazing to listen to. Oh yeah. Both of them, but especially Elon Musk because you can tell in his in his demeanor, his voice, he is he knows that this is going to happen what this dude is saying with this whole right. you know big big synthetic intelligence like AI is going to if people don't slow down they're they're going to like he says it's already in motion like it, it's going to yeah. happen and then it's going to end up running running the entire world. And oh, like, yeah, dude. It's cra- it's cra- crazy shit. So when I was reading this, I was like, "Oh my god, it's all coming together!" Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it, it is scary because every dystopian, you know, future movie talks about it. Every young adult book, every Terminator movie, it talks about it, and we're leading up to it. And then shit, we just saw an announcement uh, a while back that said sex robots will soon gain sentience and be capable of murdering their human uh, clients. Yeah, this is so. crazy. I mean, that's it's it's like on Rick and Morty when he's like, "Summer, where are my testicles?" Yeah, I guess that was a dog, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so hang on, back up. The Butterbot, the robot that Rick makes of butter toast, is his yeah. high existence. <laughs> yeah, I guess like they're going to realize. Yeah. yeah, they're going to they're going to realize over time, you know. And so that shit's creeping out. So check us out. So he says, furthermore, the so- the society was completely socialistic, and every single living person had all their basic needs for survival taken care of. Hmm computer could figure that out, but we can't eventually yeah here it is eventually al somehow rejoined his brother in 20 year 2137 so i just picture like him living in that thing and like he's like dude i got everything i need i got all, yeah. the, I got all my needs are taken care of and he's just like walking with his groceries that's provided by this big robot in the sky and he just evaporates <laughs> and he's somehow back with his brother so he's like after what? pick yeah i say <laughs> this is so ridiculous because like all this sounds good, but then it's like when they start like traveling different paths, that's where it just gets weird. Because like after picking his brother back up at the hospital, Al claimed he and Duncan managed to return back to 1943 through a wormhole. It was several years before they first presented their story, since they seemed to suffer amnesia-like symptoms upon their return. Uh huh. Says so during the 1980s, Al began to regain his memory of what happened back in the 1940s. And he began presenting his and his brother's story at several UFO conferences. While entertaining, they were naturally met with a great deal of skepticism. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. the years since, many people have called their entire story a hoax, but the brothers have sworn that everything they told was true. What do you think? Some of it sounds impossible, but then again. So, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty uh, cool story. I never heard about any of that shit. I'd never heard of him either. I like to think that, you know, we dip we dip our dicks in the peanut butter so often, you'd think we'd heard about those brothers before, at least Preston and I. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, here comes Preston's four-hour lecture. Actually, yes, I recently. Actually, (laughs) Uh, back in 1943. 
<laughs> we we did cover Al um, when we talked about the the Montauk projects because the book did I we? read yeah from Preston Nichols because he also it's a force field uh, he also traveled in time and like went to a dystopian future where like there was a uh, like big blue in the middle of a. Um, like a almost like the Colorado airport and had like lasers coming out of its eyes uh-huh. and like Nazis had taken over the world. And he had worked with Al at Montauk and on the Philadelphia experiment. So, I mean, oh, wow. we, we covered it briefly, but uh, yeah, I didn't know him and his brother, you know, did all that other shit together. Oh. So, wow. I, I made a joke about it and Preston really did <laughs> know his shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> Just keeping me honest. Oh, it's awesome. Well, shit, it sounds like we got another time travel episode coming up in our future. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Well, Steve, I'm going to go ahead and hijack your time machine that you just talked about mm-hmm. because I've got, honestly, all jokes aside, some truly groundbreaking news was just dropped on our laps from an unlikely source. If we jump in our time machine and we go back to Japan, 1984 – for the Nintendo Entertainment System and their Japanese release on April 21st of a video game called Duck Hunt. Mm-hmm. So that game has been around for well over 34 years now. It was released in America October 18th, 1985. We just learned like a week ago, within well, shit, within the last two or three days from, from Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. That if you take the second controller, you apparently can control the flight path of the ducks in the game Duck Hunt. And when I show when I post this in the, in the group chat, like, uh, did who who said they knew that? The Corey? I did because I read it about an hour before you did. Oh, okay. So <laughs> so, Duke. but yeah, but like if you look on like Reddit where I saw the thing at, or maybe it was Facebook, I can't remember. You see, like, all these people saying, yeah, you didn't know that? You didn't know? Yeah, it's in the instruction manual. But think of how many people got their NESs because uh-huh. that game was packaged in and either it didn't come with instruction manual. I never got one brand new, so I don't know. Or, yeah. like, because I could picture if it was just, like, a game cart, like, not the actual box, just packaged in. Yeah, and sure. And it didn't come, with, didn't, come, didn't come with one. But they do have an actual the combination of Super Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt boxed mm-hmm. game. And then mm-hmm. just Duck Hunt by yeah. itself, I believe. So That's how I always knew it was the combo pack. But that might have been an American release exclusive. Yeah. So it's just it's just really weird that some people are like, yeah, I knew it. It was in the manual. You know, and like back in them days, fucking every game came with a manual. And it was like 30, 40 pages. Yeah. That's so yeah, crazy. I fucking read those? I never fucking read them. Yeah, that's true. I didn't read them until Super Nintendo. But how crazy is that? Like, I I know we're not the only three people that didn't know mm-hmm. that. If you took to like, if you took to Reddit, you took to Twitter, primarily Twitter. Fucking millions of people lost their minds that day. Like it was top <laughs> trending news. I was like today years old when I found that out. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, that's just it's that's insane. And I guess picture so Seth insane. Rogen like he's probably like at his fucking house with yeah. some of his friends. Stoned they're as probably fucking, stoned as yeah. fuck. And they're oh, like, yeah. let's play duck hunt. And the other the he's like shooting the gun, and then somebody's next to him, and he's like, oh, he's, he just gets the grabs the controller. And he's like, "What? Look at the bird. Why is it at the top right?" And he's like, "What?" And they're like, then they they figure it out. Dude, you're holding the upright button. What the fuck? <laughs> he gets, yeah. Immediately gets well, on I Twitter. Wanna say, <laughs> I want to say the story is pretty much exactly that, but probably even even simpler. I want to say like he said his sister sat on the controller or something, or somebody sat on a controller and discovered it. 
Wow, that's crazy. Like that's how they figured it out. Like by sheer accident, they learned it. But that's still insane, dude. <laughs> For the mass, you know, the mass population not to know that. That's fucking nuts to me. Fucking weird, yeah, man. Yeah, dude, insane. But yeah, so that's cool news. Um, in other pop culture news, I'm excited because Jordan Peele just announced officially in 2019 he is revamping the Twilight Zone. And he will be taking up the moniker as the host, formerly Rod Serling. And I'm fucking excited. <sighs> no, I'm joking. That's amazing. <laughs> so I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be good. So yeah, is he just his... hosting it or is he writing a lot of it? Um, I, I think all of the above. Okay, cool. I think he's kind of like the uh, – he's the force behind it. And there's a little teaser, and it's like the old school, like, and then I believe Rod's voice comes on, and then Jordan's kind of bleeds in and out, and then it kind of takes over as his voice doing the same intro, same verbiage, just a little bit different um, presentation of it, but it's pretty much tried and true, a very big uh, love letter to the original opening. Cool. So I, I hope think he works. Love. I hope like he works that that into like a shit ton of like just actors and actresses come on board. So you're gonna see oh, yeah. like. All kinds of these big named, like just doing little episodes here and there, and yeah. then bring in bring in like really prolific writers, like oh, a writer yeah. of the Walking sure. the good Walking Dead episodes, the writer of Breaking Bad, the writer of uh, Sons of Anarchy, like have like all these people that have done incredible writing in shows, and then have them like write an episode. Oh, it'd be so fucking tight. Oh, dude, yeah, it, it'll it'll be incredible. If if he's behind it, it's going to be fucking phenomenal for sure. But I mean, look at all the look at all the actors and, and famous people that were in that show. You had uh, William Shatner was in a lot of it. Uh, just tons and tons of famous people got their start, or you know, kind of got their break in that show. There's tons of them. I won't even list them off. Just go look them up. It is insane how many people are in that show if you go back and watch it. But hell yeah. Well, the last little bit of news I've got primarily is a bunch of scientists recently did an experiment where they gave ecstasy. To octopus, octopode. That means many octopuses. Mm. Did you guys read about that at all? It's really fucking nope. great. Yeah, I just checked the link, and first off, people are probably like, because I at first I was like, oh my god, like that's yeah. fucked up, yeah. and like <laughs> and the way they describe it, they're like, yeah, we 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 fucking put them in a tank, and yeah. it's with an MDMA solution. Yeah, uh, and I don't know anything about these type of drugs, MDMA, Molly, XC. They might all be the same yeah. thing. Might all be different. So I don't fucking know what it is. I just know that when people are on it, they get more sociable. Their eyes yeah. dilate really fucking huge, and mm-hmm. they just want to have a good time. And yep. watching this video, it's pretty fucking crazy. It's nuts. Well, fucking squid. If there was ever an alien on Earth, it would be squid and octopuses, mm-hmm. octopodes. Um, it's insane. So the the actual experiment, they had three different tanks. They would put an octopus in the middle tank, and they'd have two conjoined tanks, one on each side. One with toys they were they would play with, and the other passageway led to another octopus who was inside of a container. So basically imagine like a laundry basket mm-hmm. or a glass container that the other octopus couldn't get out of. And they'd put the octopus in there first, completely stone sober, and they would just analyze and take data down. Like would they go for the toys? Would they go for the other octopus? And they found out um, that a female octopus – was more likely to go over and interact with the other octopus who was trapped more than males would. And they would kind of be really cautious and kind of like just like look at it and feel but be a little bit reserved on their interaction with the other one who is, you know, in the little, in the little glass container. 
Um, the second one, they dropped the octopus in there and they had exposed the water first to the MDMA and they overdosed it. Didn't kill it, but they gave it too much and the octopus just fucking freaked out. <laughs> I'll freak it out, man. Yeah. It fucking just tripped balls. And then um, it absorbs it, of course, through their, their gills and whatnot. So they were able to actually dose it properly. And they said when they dropped it in there, they reacted very much the way humans do. Uh, they became very more, they became much more social. So they went over there and they would like kind of swim around flirtily and do trip tricks in the water and stuff like that. They'd walk over and press their bodies up to the glass. Wait, did you say would, trip tricks? Uh, well, did I? I don't know. That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Tri- trick trips. <laughs> trick tricks. <laughs> they would do tricks, uh, aerial tricks, and they would uh, they would expose. They would press their bodies up against the glass and um, expose different parts of their body to the other octopus they normally don't expose. So Just what like that means, humans? Yeah, like oh, look at spring break. Woo! Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> or, if it, or if it means like more more uh, sensitive. Um, parts of their body, you know, parts they don't normally expose because they're, um, they're tender bits, so to speak. But, um, and then they would of course flash their colors more vibrantly and, and go through like their entire range of colors. And then it also says, this is my favorite part down here. It says, or they would spend their time fondling the airstone aqua bubbler. Ooh. <laughs> they're just fucking looking at it like a snow globe, just fucking dripping balls. Oh my God. Say hello to my octopussy. That video is crazy. It's, yeah, they are so majestic when they swim, and like it, oh, he's dude, holding, yeah. he's holding that little device that the thing was fondling, and like he yeah. started taking it away, and then like it just got really huge to come and get it back. It was freaking oh, yeah. nuts, man. We'll uh, we'll so post creepy. we'll post this in our show notes so people can go watch this. This this really is neat, man. They say that octopus brains are similar in a way to human brains, but also similar to snail brains, but. Um, yeah, super cool, man. I think that's really neat. The fact that it just reacted that way, very quizzical, and uh, just really um, just, just so weird back. how how that that drug will make them more just as social, like more more mm-hmm. social, because that's right. what a lot of people that experiment with that them designer drugs, whatever you want to call it, party drugs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh, it helps us, you know, dance. It helps us get more social, and like, it's just crazy that the same thing happened to these. These foul oh, beasts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Fucking and, and uh, the, if one thing scares me on this planet, it is it, it is octopuses and squids. The Kraken terrify me to fucking pieces dude like people get scared of spite oh there's the thunder people get uh you know scared of spiders and shit like that and mm. fucking squids like if i see one i'll, I'll watch it but i get fucking goosebumps and the heebie-jeebies because they just remind me of aliens yeah just terrify the piss out of me man so well um i think guys preston do you have any news yeah not really not really? Okay, cool. It's an appropriate time. If you want to take a break, grab yourself a drink, maybe make a snack, some hot cocoa or something a little... Get a sandwich. Yeah, if you're of legal age, something a little stiffer um, or coffee or whatever. But now's the time. Guys, take a break because we've got so much more coming up. Um, so now pause your show. One, two, three, four, pause. And then now we're going to get after it. And Preston, you're going to start things off, right? Yeah, seems like it. <laughs> this was your idea, man. You came up with this all by your all lonesome. All by my lonesome. Yeah, man. I'm excited. You picked uh, three pretty pretty decent hitters here as far as cryptids go and, and weird shit that's stalking yeah. the streets. And uh, I'm fucking excited. Well, so first up in the man-man's 
is uh, <laughs> the man's man is uh, Goatman. Yeah, yeah, so you know, Goatman seems like my type of fellow. He's got a mouth of a sailor and a bad attitude. And if I could find a story about him sh- shitting on a cat, I'd say he sounds a lot <laughs> like my brother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what is Goatman? Well, he's a satyr like half human, which means he's half goat, half man. Generally seems to mirror the legends of the hook handed killer brutalizing hapless teenagers on lover's lane he usually has hooves goat legs human torso bad temper it's pretty much self-explanatory if you ask me and if you see or feel like this is your cup of tea and want to know where you can find this foul mouth cranky spawn of satan well let me tell you you can find him in pope lick louisville kentucky as the pope lick Lick. monster (laughs) lake worth monster in texas He's at the Goatman's Bridge down in Denton, Texas. He's at White Rock Lake in Dallas, Texas. He's in the National Forest of Los Angeles. He's in Bowie, Maryland, Richfield, Wisconsin, and North Carolina. And let's not forget West Virginia, where we've had, you know, our last two episodes. Oh, God. Thank God we're getting close to getting yeah. out of there. And like how this podcast started with Rob... Let's start with the Popelick monster in Kentucky. (laughs) Now, Mr. Popelick is often described as a large humanoid creature with furry goat-like legs, alabaster skin, wide-set eyes, and horns that protrude from his greasy fur. So think Daniel Ratcliffe from Horns, if you've ever seen that movie. Ooh, I like that shout out. Yeah, I like that one. Now... Sometimes he's referred to as the Goat Man or even Sheep Man, and according to the story, the beast was originally captured in the wilds of Maple Country at the end of the 19th century. And, Stephen, that's Canada, in case you didn't get that reference. Maple oh. <laughs> Country. <laughs> I didn't get that either. <laughs> no, uh, okay, so Goat Man became a star of a circus freak show owned and operated by the dastardly uh, Colonel Fuck, I'm going to screw up this name. Beauregard Schnickel, Schneidel, Nick, Schnickel Dick. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Schnickel Dick. Mom, can you please take me to the Baron von yeah. Schnickel Dick Circus? Child Nick. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Anyways, um, that was until an electrical storm caused the train to you know derail. So this giant-ass thunderbolt hits the train tracks and fucking sparks and fires going all over the place. And it turns him into a bloodthirsty <laughs> monster because before he was just kind of like, a, you know, a hairy, deformed child. And now he's like this bloodthirsty monster and like this devilish goat-like creature. It's like a B-movie. Oh, yeah, a really bad I one, yeah. <laughs> I, I told you all the storm yeah. was brewing. You just didn't know it was going to hit the storm. And uh, so after all this shit happens, you know, he's the only survivor. And instead of returning to the vast northern wilderness where people eat the other bacon and drink milk from a bag, he decided – other bacon. <laughs> yeah. He decided he was going to make his way to the Pope Lick Trestle, and that's where it is said he resides even now. So, you know, this, I don't know, took place like a couple hundred years ago, but apparently once you become a, you know, bloodthirsty goat man, you live forever. Now, even better, some people said that the whole train story was complete bullshit and it was just the product of a sexual relationship between a farmer and one of his sheep. <laughs> That's so much more like so much more likely. Yeah. <laughs> but 
let's not give hillbillies a bad rap, okay? One <laughs> other origin story about this monster says that he was not some sort of mutant, you know, circus freak or some redneck love-making byproduct, but was instead due to satanic rituals. That's what I'm. Yeah, because uh-huh, when you when uh-huh. you think about this thing, you look at it like a. Uh, the new trailer for the new Sabrina the Teenage Witch looks fucking incredible. Yeah. And like in that, she's sitting at this table and you see, you know, the goat man Satan type. Right. Yeah, Satan. Yeah, the little Satan thing yeah. that sits on the little thing with his fingers up. Yeah, that that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> so yeah, this yeah. Uh, this satanic tale says that he is the reincarnated form of a farmer who once used to sacrifice goats to Satan in order to get supernatural powers. This new form of spirit stalks the area. Unfortunately, this it's one bored farmer. Yeah, this uh, <laughs> this particular legend has gained attention from satanic worshippers, and there were rumors that in the mid seventies a satanic cult began doing demonic rituals in the Pope Lick Road area. Cats, dogs, mass human sacrifices, and all that shit. And it seems that they were uh, being used for blood rituals on the mysterious Four uh, Four Winds farm. Now, this farm is just a short distance from the train trestle, and the Satanists who gathered there allegedly worshipped the Pope Lick monster, believing he was the embodiment of Baphomet, also known as the Goat of Mendes. I was going to ask you because I was like, it sounds like Baphomet yeah. to me, you know, the, the goat demon. Yeah. Cool, cool. Go and even to the 90s, people could supposedly hear drum beats and chanting coming from the farm on dark and stormy nights. Are you guys still there? Did I lose you? Yeah. yeah okay. It was just nope. weird dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't scared okay. us off yet. <laughs> now, this monster is said to possess a wide array of supernatural skills to lure people onto the trestle, including mimicry, tele. Uh, telepathy and hypnosis once a victim is lured onto the trestle the pope lick monster uses his physical appearance to frighten them and causes them to leap or fall to their demise and some say he kills with an axe some versions of the legend insist that the monster waits for the train to approach then from beneath the trestle holds the charmed victim down until the train runs them over damn that Savage. savage that being like rick savage (laughs) (laughs) that that being (laughs) that being said it's impossible to know for sure because the public monster has no confirmed sightings he is often seen as just a strange shape in the woods and instead people tend to find the remains of animals he has killed even then the legend of what he looks like persists as being some sort of freakish goat man now Kids being kids, climbing onto the fucking trestle for a glimpse of the Pope like a monster has long been a recreational activity for the reckless Louisville area use. Even when entertaining the idea of such an absurd creature might even make the most adherent paranormal enthusiast feel foolish, the Pope like monster has killed at least four people, and that's a fact, Jack. Hold on, Jack, big tits? What? <laughs> So what we're so what we're doing what we're doing is we have Google Google Docs open where we do all our show notes. So as Preston's reading and distracted, me and Sean are going in there and changing like little words here and there. So so it was like Jack is like Jack like what BC Jack JC Charles man. So Sean replaced JC with Big Tits. He's like what Big Jack Big Tits Charles. (laughs) So. 
Jack Big Tits, <laughs> a 17-year-old Spalding <laughs> University student, was he's 17 year yeah. old and got big tits. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he's the, and he's the second of his car or second of his line. So. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Anyways, that motherfucker was killed by a train in 1987, and then uh, also in 19- his big tits couldn't stop. <laughs> Here comes Big Tits barreling down the tracks. <laughs> also, oh, it's so fucking oh, shit. Also, in 1987, 19-year-old David Bryant died from jumping off the fucking thing. And then in 2000, a 19-year-old from Mount Washington, Nicholas Jewell, he was shaken from the vibrations of the track, and uh, he died. And then finally, Damn. yeah, in 2016. While standing on a long and narrow train trestle 90 feet above the ground, Ohio tourist David Nee uh, and his girlfriend gazed in terror as this train came barreling down toward them. Now, he's like some karate fucking ninja dude, and so, you know, survival skills kicked in, and, like, he's jumping off, and he thought that uh, maybe his girlfriend got off too. Nope. She got hit by the train and was flung like a oh, yeah no. a couple hundred like eighty feet off the ground. Damn. And no uh, he said that uh, you know what it's it's not worth it and that that seeing that haunts him even to this day and that is way worse than the fucking goat man himself. Yeah. Wow. That sucks, and he's man. the only known goat man to actually have four deaths. So all these other goat people haven't killed anybody, but this motherfucker has killed. This guy's in, in it to win it. <clears throat> now. So does it say goat man just sit there the entire time? He's like, okay, train's coming. I know he's going to be here at this time. Yeah. And he just like sh- appears. So then they get distracted and get hit by the train. Yeah. He's like, uh, you know, he uh, stares at him with his deep goat eyes. Oh, okay. And, and, yeah. Because you said oh, earlier he has the power of hypnosis. Yeah. Uh, and, then, okay. and telepathy, which we pronounce telepathy. Yeah, and uh, you know they they get frozen and frozen sense. in terror. And they're like, "Oh my god, it's a goat man!" They don't even see the fucking train. And then he's like, "Boom, another oh, soul for okay. Satan." <laughs> Take that, Jesus! You can turn water into wine, but I can kill people on a train track. <laughs> Bafflement, yeah. bitches. Good to have yeah. a hobby. So. I heard, you know, I didn't know there was a David Bowie, Maryland. I know. Yeah. I know. And uh, <laughs> in David Bowie, Maryland, there's a bridge called Crybaby Bridge, and uh, uh, changes there too. Yeah, there's a there's a goat man there, and uh, let's see, he terrorizes lovers, chases teens, decapitates dogs. He yells, squeals, and yes, makes goat noises. He's uh, made reported appearances <laughs> in, across the region and has inspired fear and fascination for decades. Now, he's the only one um, that I could find that wasn't reported from, you know, like uh, weird, you know, train track lightning experiments or anything like that or from fucking goats and sheep or Satanists. Um, the <laughs> right. Beltsville Research Agricultural Center um, in uh, Maryland, uh, they mm-hmm. were doing weird like Nazi experiments and created the uh, Bowie Maryland Goatman on accident, um, which to the, oh, wow. today they deny it. They say, nope, not us. But the good people of Bowie Maryland know the fucking truth, and they say, yes, sir, that's what happened. 
<laughs> it was the other group yeah. of Nazi Satanists. <laughs> now, when we, when we get to Texas, uh, Goatman uh, gets a little bit more redneckish. Um, he's got uh, kind of like green fur and uh, stands about seven feet tall. And when the the good folks at uh, White Rock Lake are vacationing and they're you know out on the the, the lake shore and drinking their beer and having a good time. This motherfucker comes out and throws trash tires and says, get off my goddamn lake. And, uh, people <laughs> have uh, reported seeing this guy for over 140 miles around the area. And, uh, so he's kind of a dick. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> what a, dick. yeah, that, that's, that's deal. basically it because all the other goat men, kind of followed the same thing you know he comes out at night he stalks the back roads you know he uh just has like you know he's a goat he's a man he's a goat man um (laughs) so there's not much i'm going with the spawn of satan yeah i'm thinking spawn of satan too and uh so there's not much difference in between all the other goat men and and uh you know besides those three pretty generic and uh you know, since our last two shows, uh, we were stuck in West Virginia, you know, because, you know, our paranormal Cadillac uh, lost power mysteriously. Let's, <laughs> right. Can't yeah. get out of that place. Let's turn our attention to yet another cryptid spotted there, the Sheep Squatch. Because <laughs> that is the most original fucking name I have ever heard for a cryptid. You've guessed it. It is... Half sheep, half sasquatch, also known as the sheep squash. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, is this because a Bigfoot fucked a sheep? Or I, will you tell us that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what's happened, you know, because oh. that's, that's oh, basically yeah. what it looks like. It's also known as the white thing um, because <laughs> it's just like – What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds so wow. terrible. The white thing. You know what? Thing. Real quick, speaking of white thing, that's crazy. You said the white thing, and I got this random memory that I had forgot about uh, that just came back to me. So when we lived in El Dorado, um, there was the um, – we always called it Snob Hill. It's the richer part of town up by um, Country Club. And Steve, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a really nice golf course, and they had the bicycle trail up there, the bike path. And it walked uh, it walked down in that kind of area in those neighborhoods, and then it, of course, branched out, and you got to walk alongside and through the golf course. And back then, this is probably back in like 2004, 2005, um, my buddies and I used to go jogging late at night. Like we'd work at Pizza Hut, get off at like midnight, and go jogging at like midnight 30. And this one night we're running, and it was myself, my friend Andrew, my friend David, and my buddy Adam. And we get all the way down to the end of the path, which kind of ends by the dam. And it's well-maintained. They mow about two or three mowers' width away from the sidewalk into the the reeds and stuff. But otherwise, it's wild grass. It's like 10 feet tall. And we're running. And we get to the end of the bike path. We're exhausted. We turn around and we start running back. So it's probably a good, like, three-mile run. And, like, I keep thinking, I keep feeling something beside me on my right side because the guys are either to my left or in front of me i think uh, i think andrew and i were in the back the two of us were about three paces behind and i keep thinking something's beside me like in this grass watching me and i keep on thinking i see like a blur of something like running and then finally i look over just in time to see this white thing and that's all i can describe it as it was like white like 
like porcelains, like alabaster skin, uh, no features, no eyeballs, no ears, no mouth, just a white like form, like a humanoid form. And it's running, but it's almost like it's on all fours. Like it's running on two legs and it kind of like gets down and kind of like, I don't know what you would say, like gallops like a bear. And it freaks me the fuck out. I'm like, no, I'm just seeing something. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. I'm just exhausted from running. It's fine. And so we get going a little bit. And then we get down toward the end of the bike gets there. We get down towards the end of the bike path and, and Andrew and I just start walking. And I'm like, man, like I almost had to stop myself and let you just go ahead of me. And he's like, I wasn't about to fucking stop and run or stop and walk. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, not the fuck back there. I said, why? What are you talking about? And he looked at me and this guy was dead fucking serious. He's normally a jokester. And he just stares at me and he's like, you didn't fucking see that thing. And he was just fucking terrified. And I was like, what thing? And I get goosebumps. The white And he's thing. like, that fucking white thing on the other side of you in the grass that was keeping up with us. He's like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, what did you see? And he's like, it looked like uh, – at the time, there was a character on a Street Fighter game that was kind of like all white and he could morph into different shapes or whatever. I forget what his name was, like X or 10 or some like – 12 or some shit. But he's like, it looks like the guy from Street Fighter. And I fucking <laughs> – I just about lost it. I got so – like, Andrew fucking, T.? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's it is. obsessed with that shit too. Yeah, and I, I just fucking, I, I almost like fell down. I was just dumbfounded. I'm like, you fucking saw it? And he's like, yeah, we ran on two legs, and a couple times, like it bounded forward, and then it just disappeared off in the reeds. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck was that? So anyway, sorry about the tangent, but no. When you said the white thing, yeah. like that's the the first thing I thought of. Ugh, fucking creepy. Well. This fucking white thing has been seen most <laughs> in Boone County. Kanawha County, Putnam County, and Mason County in good old West Virginia, and especially during the mid-1990s. Now, it's described as being a quadruped about the size of a bear, uh, white woolly fur, it's got a long pointed head similar to a dog, (laughs) maybe a goat, it's got saber-like teeth, it's got a a set of horns like ram's horns coming out of its head. And uh, it's got these weird raccoon-like paws. So it doesn't really have like bear claws or like uh, goat man hands, but it's got like those little weird trash panda hands. And uh, <laughs> it's got a uh, long hairless tail, that of a possum. And yeah, really? it's reported to smell like sulfur, which has been attributed to the folklore to the beast being born within the TNT area of Mason County, which we talked about with Mothman. Ooh, neat. Yeah, and uh, some people say that, oh, that's bullshit. reason why it smells like sulfur is because it's got a muck scent gland similar to that on weasels and skunks. <laughs> so, you know. Could yeah, be. Fair, fair enough. enough. So, Encounters of the White Thing, 1994, you know, imagine uh, you and Steven are in uh, Mason County, Georgia, and uh, you're all Mm -hmm. playing in your backyard, and you're having a good old time, and all of a sudden, you see this giant white fucking bear standing in your backyard, and it rears up on its hind legs and makes a... No noise. (laughs) And uh, because you're kids, you're like, shit, that thing's like 10 fucking feet tall. And uh, so, yeah, that was the first encounter of this thing. And then in 1995, two good old country folk, they're driving down in Lover's Lane. They're necking. And uh, he looks up and 
he sees uh, this uh, big old white thing uh, hiding in the dish, and he's like, well, shit, we got to get on over there and see what this is. And so he pulls up, and then next thing you know, it jumps out of the fucking ditch and claws into the car and rips a big old chunk of metal out. And he says, oh, hell no, and then, you know, drives off. And uh, he reported it to be a animal bigger than a bear. Now, the other detail that the couple gave said that this creature had uh, four eyes, so they're like the only people to have seen this, who says that this Mm -hmm. thing has four eyes. So paranormal researchers tried to explain this, that, you know, it's at night, you're freaked the fuck out, and because it's got kind of curly horns like a ram, that uh, when the adrenaline kicked in, they just mistaken the horns for an extra set of eyes, so it really doesn't have four eyes, it's just got two eyes, but... You know, they're idiots. So Mm -hmm. they decided that it had four eyes. Now, uh, 1999, a pair of campers decided to shit up, or (laughs) shit, (laughs) sit up up shop uh, in the forest, not too far from the rural Boone County home. So it makes me think of backyard camping like when I was a kid. And, uh, so, you know, the sun sets, the darkness begins to creep through the trees, and, uh, you know, they light a f- campfire, and they're sitting around, crackling pyre, enjoying the good conversation, maybe a whiskey or two, or, you know, in my case, it'd probably be like a, you know, buffalo sweat, because I like that dark beer. But anyways, they're kicking back like good old boys, and... uh Then, uh, the you know, the peace and quiet of the, of the forest uh, just you know dissipates and they hear this like grumbling like something big's fucking coming through the trees and bam they saw the white thing and they're like fuck (laughs) they're like fuck this shit (laughs) we're getting the fuck out of dodge so they ran like 500 yards back to their house they left all their camping gear across the road in the forest and then they look out the window and they see it and it's kind of at the edge of the roadway and it's like And then turns around, goes back into the forest. So they're like, damn, we must have been in its territory. It didn't like that. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. And uh, so there was a a Navy SEAL named Edward Rollins who he got caught up in Mothman. So he grew up around that area. And, uh, you know, back when Mothman sightings first happened, he just got enamored with it he was just like man this is the fucking shit um he bought all the mothman books you know saved all the newspaper clippings so he's retired now and uh he's got needs a hobby so he's gonna go mothman hunting and uh he's going around the tnt area you know he's by the the bethel church road and all of a sudden he uh looks up and out comes this big sat squatch cheap squatch scary looking white bear thing drinking from the water and he's like i froze um he's like man i knew that if i i ran like this thing was just gonna fucking just take off and like get me so like fear took in and so he's like a statue the thing's lipping up water (laughs) and then goes back into the forest and uh he said, what I saw emerge from the brush was a large brownish white creature. Its fur looked dirty and matted as if an animal, uh, if the animal did very little in the line of self-grooming. 
I can't be sure if I was looking at a dirty white animal <laughs> or a brownish animal with a white undercoat. It was late in the fall, so it makes sense that it might be putting on a winter coat. The creature moved on all fours as it breached the brush line and knelt down to dr- drink from the creek. Its front limbs, the only limbs I saw clearly, ended in what uh, looked like paw-like hands. Its head was long and pointed like a canine's. It had largish horns, not antlers, but single pointed horns. I shrunk back into the brush and watched, afraid to stay and afraid to run. It drank for a few minutes, crossed the creek, and continued to cross to Sand Hill Road. When I was sure it was gone, I turned and ran as fast as I could back toward the pond where I parked. And so when he, he talks about how um, there's that sulfur smell associated with this beast, um, he points out that uh, the TNT area, because so much gunpowder was manufactured, that the, the red water runoff would be around that area. So any animal who constantly drinks from that water source over a period of time, that 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 gunpowder is going to be in their system. And so they're going to be constantly giving off that smell. And so for him, it made sense uh, that that's why it had that sulfur smell, not because it's a spawn of Satan, not, you know, because it's got a skunk gland, but because it's drinking nasty water and, you know, that's why it smells. So sheep's a slightly scientific explanation. Sheep's sheep squash. If Bigfoot and Goatman made sweet cryptid love, that would be the result. <laughs> and if you look at that picture, I mean, makes sense. Look at it. Yeah. It's I, I don't I don't know. So that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Hell yeah, man! Nice. Now we can get the fuck out of West Virginia. We're done. It's it's over <laughs> with the uh, the right. Cadillac, the paranormal Cadillac, <laughs> the, the powers back on. Woo. Yeah, we're going to have press and flashes dinghy, so we're not even allowed to go yeah. back there. <laughs> we're playing with your dinghy. Quit playing with your dinghy. Hell yeah. Well, awesome, man. Thank you. That's that's fantastic. And we're going to move right on to the next one just for time's sake. And I'm really excited because, Steve, this is your first time, man. You're throwing down on the main topics with us. Yep. First time. Hell yeah. Diving deep. Yeah, man, you're getting in the front seat tonight, baby. So jump in with this and tell us all about Dog Man. I guess I'm sitting in the middle. No, you can sit on my lap. It's It's a big enough car. You can sit in the middle. (laughs) All right. So um, Dog, the Dog Man or Dogman. Yeah. Because there's multiple boys. So uh, basically the way I did this is um, I kind of put it together the best way that that I could kind of talk about like how long they've been around so we'll start off with that cool Uh, perfect so when i first started looking up stuff about dogman i was like okay this sounds to me a lot about the egyptian like just his look and aesthetic and everything would be like the egyptian god of the underworld anubis yeah so i was like this looks just like it and so if you think about how long they've been around could that possibly be a dogman and they're doing hieroglyph hio hieroglyphics <laughs> of that um, <laughs> thousands of years ago so I think that's pretty badass um, there's like all these like I was watching some videos and it just, it's it's an, it's just a black hole of <laughs> videos yeah. about cryptids so it was, some of them were really whack and some of them were, were pretty cool so the Michigan Dogman 
is a werewolf type creature. So when I say a dogman, you're probably thinking of like a werewolf, right? Like, right, right. That's what I always assume like, they are. Can like you know run, run with their you know back and front paws, whatever arms, legs, whatever, and then sometimes they can stand up on their hind legs like a human, blah blah. So a werewolf used to be a human or is still a human just with werewolf traits so they can morph into the werewolf ah. lupin motherfucker. and so <laughs> side side story here if uh let's say you want to become a werewolf and you know you're a pussy and you don't want to get bit by somebody who's already a werewolf if you can sweet talk a witch into imbuing a belt or a necklace with the werewolf demon uh, you can uh, use that to transform yourself into a said werewolf. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Never knew it. it. Never knew it. So with the dogman, <laughs> it's uh, it's not human. It never was human. No chance of ever being human. It's just born this way, supposedly, is what they're saying. Uh-huh. Uh, the real Lady so Gaga I- of the cryptid worlds. Yeah, right. So it was first <laughs> reported in 1887 in Wexford County, Michigan. Sightings have been reported in several locations throughout Michigan, primarily in the northwestern quadrant of the Lower Peninsula. The first known sign of the Michigan dogman occurred in 1887 in Wexford County, when two lumberjacks saw a creature whom they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. The two lumberjacks followed the creature because they they were like camped out for the night, and then they yeah. kept seeing this thing like in the distance, and they kept like um wave you know waving their sticks with their with their fire. We'd be shooting a couple guns at it, and it wouldn't go away. So then they decided to, like, well, we're going to go hunt this thing down. They followed it to an abandoned, hollowed-out tree. Because at this point, they're still thinking it's a dog. They didn't see, like, the man's body and the dog's head. They just saw that it looked like a wolf, so to speak, or, like, you know, a rabid dog. And then uh, they followed it to this hollowed-out tree and then proceeded to poke it with sticks. As one would. And that's... Yeah, <laughs> like fucking idiots. And then that's when it stood on its hind legs, and they were like, "What the fuck? This thing's like a human with a dog head." That's a whole lot of no nope. shit, Gary. Like, I told you to bring that out. fucking gun. What are we gonna do with these sticks now? Okay. Yeah. Shit, yeah, Terry. I think we left a note back at the camp. Yeah. There's a whole bucket of note back there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. So in 1938 in Paris, Michigan. Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs. So five of these just like wild wolf dog like type things and said that one of them, one of the five was kind of like the leader and it walked on two legs. Reports of similar creatures also came from Allegan County in the 1950s and Manistee in Cross Village in 1967. Wow. So that's pretty crazy. So that's so kind of like an alpha stories. Yeah. Like an alpha. Yeah. Probably like mingled with the other wild, wild dogs. And then, you know, Oh yeah. Well, Didn't I really mean, flex and, much. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense because typically, I mean, you know, men have dogs, and when your dog acts up, you assert your dominance over it. You stand mm-hmm. up and you know try to uh, intimidate it. So, shit, if a wolf got up on its hind legs to the rest of the wolves, they're just probably like, I think them them cowboys had a buck, bucket of nope over there, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> yeah, right. So I think it's pretty, pretty, pretty cute. That's and neat. Then, uh, so, in 1961, a night watchman was patrolling a manufacturing plant in Big Rapids, Michigan. And back in the 60s, there were a lot of manufacturing plants in Michigan alone. When he saw a peculiar figure, at first he thought it was a person until he saw the dog-like features. He pulled his gun, like anybody would, and was about to shoot when he remembered his camera 
Hell yeah. <laughs> he was he was he was way ahead of his time. But first, let me take a selfie. And he took it out <laughs> and took a picture of the horrific beast. The photos have not been analyzed yet, and the photo still remains an unsolved mystery. And you can see the picture I put in the notes. We'll hmm. attach that to the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Now, most would say, isn't this a werewolf? Well, I did too. But the dogman is a born beast. The werewolf is a human. So remember that. And I also have some more info about different types of dogmen. Yes, boys and girls. There's two different types of dogmen. There's the canine type dogmen, which is characterized by the fact that they have canine style legs instead of hominid style legs, like a human or a Sasquatch would have. Instead of the ankles, they have hocks. Instead of knees, they have stiffled joints. So it's, you know, what you would think of looking like a werewolf would look like, honestly. Yeah. And then you have a thing called where, I don't know where the fuck this comes from, type three dogmen. Like, why would you just... Call it type mm-hmm. two. Like, what happened to two? Or one, for that fact. Uh, I think type so. one and two sound too much like diabetes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's type two. Oh, poor thing. Insulin yeah. dependent. <laughs> so, and this one is more of like the the Yeti or the Sasquatch just has a dog uh-huh. head. And he's like real big and buff, walks with yeah. human legs, stuff like that. So, either one you see in real, in real life, there's been never been no deaths occurred from the dogman supposedly but some close calls but they tell you to uh keep your distance and proceed with caution yeah. because i mean let's be honest if you see anyone who's in the fucking woods you're not gonna be like hmm that sounds cool let me go poke it with a stick <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> i think it was season two of paranormal witness where uh, they actually had a family that had bought a farm in montana and uh the uh, the the dad you know was uh had had an injury so you know he couldn't quite walk and he was still kind of recovering from that so he was in, like in a weakened state and uh, the daughter and uh, her fiance were walking the dogs one afternoon and they came across like this mound and the dogs start going ape shit and the guy's like let's get in there let's see what's in there and he was like there's like this nasty musky smell like oh man it was like the worst thing ever and so the dogs start whining and whippering and like one pees himself and so the girl's like we should just go gary i don't i don't feel so good about this and then so they go (laughs) and then later that night the dad's out on the porch you know he's out in the country and you know watching the sun go down he's out there relaxing and he starts to see these figures move in the field and as they get closer to the house he uh, described them as your type one or whatever you said the the main type of dogman was. It was like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. this weird wolf creature that was kind of haunched on its back legs. Like it wasn't quite a human, but it wasn't quite, you know, just like a wolf. Like it was this, you know, bipedal dog thing. And they stalked his house and they were like really trying to, you know, insert fear and like you know this is our fucking territory motherfucker and uh, he said that once he got the lights uh, the the barn lights to come on and light up the area it's like they were afraid of of that light like they they wouldn't go near the light and he said that they had that animal eye shine and uh you know they he was trying to get to to the barn to get a gun and he was like oh fuck you know the lights going off the motion sensors life going off I'm I'm a, I'm fucked these things are about to eat me 
And uh, so, you know, he runs with the car and they're like attacking the car. And then finally the light comes back on and they like, you know, scurry back. And so he runs back into the house and like all this crazy shit. And they're like, fuck it. Uh, I don't know what the fuck this is. We're getting out of here. And then like they sold the property and left. So. Oh, wow. There was a that that episode you're talking about is season three, episode nine, and it's called the Wolf Pack. Yeah. Yeah, because there's also Weird. like. There's a bigger crescendo at the end of that episode that I won't spoil, but there's a really big, uh, big final climactic scene, so to speak, of what happens. It's pretty intense. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. Ooh, sweet. That's oh, yeah. it for me. I mean, that's, that's it. Fuck. Hell yeah. Round of applause, Steve. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. So, so rule yeah. number one don't poke it with the stick. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Well, good to ju- yeah, fuck if I could talk. <laughs> good job, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Well, I uh, I guess I'll put the top bun on this sandwich here, and I'll knock out the frogman real quick. What are we at now? About an hour, a little less than an hour and a half. Hell yeah, we promised a long one, like a bigfoot dick. <laughs> so yeah, the last one's uh, what's that? So there's some thunder. It's like a werewolf arm holding up an apple. <laughs> God. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, the last one, uh, Preston, you picked tonight is Frogmen. And I'm going to uh, I'm gonna jump in and do a pretty uh, a pretty decent deep dive here. I got some fun information for you. So um Frogmen, our first sighting of these perplexing reptiles, happened back in May of 1955 by an unnamed traveling businessman. Damn, you guys hear those sirens? Mm-hmm. There's sirens driving past my house. May of 1955, and it is from a traveling businessman who is anonymous. So he's driving down the highway. It's about 3.30 in the morning, and he's going down the uh, remote rural area next to the Little Miami River in Claremont County, near the town of Loveland. And he's driving up to this bridge, and then he notices three people off to the side of the road. And he's like, well, shit, that's kind of weird. I wonder I wonder if they're okay. I don't see a car anywhere. So he gets a little bit closer and he pulls his car over by the side of the bridge. And he just kind of watches them for a little while. But he's really perplexed because these three individuals, once he gets a little bit closer, he, notice, he notices that they're not really human-shaped. They're more about three to four feet tall hunched over, walking, you know, kind of funny, kind of like they're not really uh, waddling, but they're kind of like um, bounding around. And after watching him, he notices that um, they're somewhat reptilian in appearance. They've got webbed hands, uh, what he can tell, webbed feet, thick, leathery, shiny skin, and almost frog-like heads um, that just kind of sit on their shoulders. So there's not really any discernible necks on these things. Um, they've got weird wrinkles all over their bodies. They've got deep set wrinkles on their head where their hair should be. And they've got wide lipless mouths that are almost like slits across their face. So you'd think kind of like modern day battle toads, just not quite as muscular. <laughs> so he sits there just completely blown away by what he's seeing. And he says he was there for probably about mm, a little over three minutes. And then suddenly one of these things raises his hand in the air and he's holding like a shiny stick, almost like a wand. And this wand lets out just this huge burst of sparks. 
And then all of a sudden he can smell this really pungent smell of like alfalfa and almonds in the air. And at that point, he's just kind of like, well, fuck this noise. And he just guns it, peels out, and gets the hell away from there because he doesn't want to have anything else to do with these fucking frog wizards, right? <laughs> and that frog is, wizards. <laughs> and that would be our first case of what went down in history as the Loveland Frogmen. <clears throat> so the next really well-known case of these frogmen – would be um, down by the Ohio River, uh, Ohio River, the Ohio River, um, kind of near the same area, in 1955, and somebody said that they were seeing a fish man in the waters. So a Miss Darwin Johnson claims that she had been swimming in the Ohio River near Evansville, Indiana. So really, that's not that might be pretty close. I thought that was a little bit closer, but anywhere, uh, anyway, Evansville, Wait, Indiana. Evansville? Oh, that's right. That's right, Bear Rubs. That's where they always go to shop and shit. Oh, yeah, dude. We should go there on our trip, see if we can get us a Frogman shirt. Um, so, dude, yeah, they're near tired. Evansville, Indiana, which could be near Loveland, whatever. So she's out swimming in this lake, and she feels these weird, like, almost scratching claws on her calves and on her thighs. And the water's too murky for her to see into. So she kind of gets away thinking it might be a fish. And then all of a sudden, she gets pulled underwater. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and she's thrashing and she's trying to get away. And it's your typical, like, creature from the Black Lagoon type of scene. And this thing has a hold of her just below her knees and he's holding her underwater. And she's finally able to kick free. And she gets to the top. And with the help of another woman in the area named Chris Lamble, she gets out of the water and kind of dragged up on shore to safety. But they both reported seeing a strange green kind of slimy palm print on her leg. And it wouldn't fade away. It was there for like a week. And oddly, a mysterious entity, uh, a man, um, approaches the woman, the women later and says pretty much the, the usual men in black kind of crap. Uh, you know, what you saw didn't really happen. You were just confused. It was fish. Uh, just I, You know, you, I'd advise you not to talk about it. Just forget it ever happened, guys. You know, you're just probably uh, in the heat of the moment. You lost your mind. Yeah. It's just a mass hysteria. And you're women and you're stupid because it's the 50s and you have no credibility. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Unfortunately, that's the way it was back in her. Uh, next up, we fast forward to March of 1972, about 18 years after that first sighting I mentioned from the businessman. Now, we're back in Loveland, Ohio, and a police officer named Ray Shockey is driving his police cruiser down East Kemper Road. And it's getting kind of cold out. We're, we're near winter at this point, and he's driving down this winding road, and he ends up um, along the Little Miami River again. And this is near the area of the original sighting. As he's driving, he notices uh, off on the side of the road as he's approaching what looks like a dead dog or a dog laying by the side of the road. <clears throat> and so he gets kind of concerned, like, well, that's really weird. This dog's laying there. The skin's all – the fur's all wet and matted down. And he's like, well, I better get over here and help it or get it off the road. So he gets close to it, turns his high beams on. And as soon as he does, this dog gets up. But what's weird is he says this dog gets up, but then it stands on two legs. And, you know, squinting at it, looking at it, once it's illuminated, it's this three-foot-tall, roughly 60-or-so-pound reptilian frog-like man. And it kind of, like, scurries across the road on two legs, and the whole time it's watching this cop. And it runs over to the guardrail, and it looks one last time at him, and it hops over the rail, and it bounds down the embankment, 
and it makes its way towards the Little Miami River, where it jumps in after looking at the cop one last time and swims away. And this cop is just speechless, like, what the fuck did I just see? I could have swore that was a dead dog. And so he goes back, and he gets another cop to come along with him. They go back to the scene of the uh, incident, and he's describing, you know, this is right here, it's right here, I swear, it ran across the street, and it jumped right around over here. <clears throat> and they can't find any evidence other than some really strange, like, three-fingered scratches across the metal guardrail. So he kind of shakes his head, and he's like, you know, it's been a long day, man. I'm sorry for dragging you out here. I'm, let's just get back into town pretend this never happened. But he's all the while really nervous and still can't quite shake what he saw. So about two weeks later, Officer Mark Matthews has an encounter of his own. So the temperature's still getting colder. Your roads are getting kind of icy. And according to this police officer, he's driving near Loveland, um, you know, outskirts of town, making his way in. Um, and he spots what he too believes to be a large dead dog laying on the side of the road. So, you know, he's lowering his speed and he's coming to kind of slow down to see what this thing is. And again, as soon as he gets up, or I'm sorry, as soon as he approaches, this thing gets up, jumps on two legs. He slams the brakes on because he about shits a brick. But because the road's icy, he loses control of his car and he comes to like a screeching halt, kind of, you know, cattywampus across the street. So he jumps out of his car and he rushes this thing and it looks at him and just fucking like starts, you know, scuttling towards the guardrail again. And he pulls out his pistol and he shoots this thing. And he swears he gets one shot off into this frogman before it jumps over the rail and kind of pulls itself down into the river and disappears again. And so now we've got two police officers in Loveland who reported seeing the same exact creature. And so, of course, you know, time goes by and they're both being ridiculed. No, these two crazy cops, blah, blah, blah. They're about as dumb as those women back in the pond that saw that frog monster. And so years go by and finally Officer Matthews begins to change his story and this is what's kind of interesting because I always like to have these these encounters with a little bit of credibility and then somebody coming forward with an explanation as what it is. So Officer Matthews basically says that, yes, I was driving into Loveland. Yes, I did approach the bridge where, you know, Officer uh, Ray Shockley says he did see a frogman and I did see something peculiar. But what I saw was no more than somebody's pet iguana, half frostbitten, laying dead on the side of the road. And when I approached the creature, my skidding scared the lizard. It jumped up and it scurried towards the other side by the guardrail. He said, I pulled out my pistol. I shot it dead. And then the other police officer and I both identified that, yes, this is what he saw. And so wow. they just assumed that it was somebody's pet who escaped and basically was dying from frostbite. Um, and that explains why, too, um, I forgot to mention this. Officer Matthews said that everything was the same as Officer Shockley reported, except for his frogman originally had a tail as well. So that is kind Weird. of the brief story of the infamous frogman of Loveland. And, of course, people throughout the area, just like your frogman, I'm sorry, just like your mothman and just like your, uh, your goat man and everything else, other people say they saw the same thing. And we can kind of attribute that to mass hysteria, you know, like, oh, shit, what was that? I saw the frogman, too. Or it's people just wanting to be part of the good old boys club, you know, as they're drinking their coffee at the diner in the morning and whatnot. But So it's just a fucking iguana? Well, that's what this one police officer says, is it was just an iguana, just a plain old iguana. 
But other people are skeptical of his story, saying as he grew older, he just got so tired of nobody letting go the story. Like, oh, hey, there's a crazy cop. You ever seen any more frog been lately off us a dipshit? And so finally he's just like, <laughs> okay, I lied. Leave me alone. Let me just fucking go, you know, play checkers in the park with fucking peace now. But what's interesting, and we should note, Frogmen aren't the only amphibious humanoids that stalk people in this area and other areas across the U.S. And so we kind of loop frogmen under the same umbrella as other aquatic creatures known more or less as gillmen. And I didn't know about this until I started researching after, you know, we figured we we're going to cover this. So here's some more really interesting encounters with more frogmen and uh, amphibian-like creatures. So back in March of 1959, um, a woman uh, – nope, sorry, different story. In, in March of 1959, there's three guys, Michael Lane, Wayne Armstrong, and Dennis Patterson. And they reported seeing a green-eyed, seven-foot-tall, seemingly harmless uh, – <laughs> armless, seemingly armless humanoid at Charles Mill Lake in Manfield, Ohio. Well, if it's armless, it's harmless. <laughs> 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 They said as it walked, it left tracks much like the flippers of a scuba diver. Um, this entity was seen again in 1963, and a major detail that was said is that it also had large, luminous green eyes. Um, other stories go along the line of uh, Thetis Lake in Victoria, British Columbia, Steve, Maple Country. Um, on <laughs> August 19, 1972, these two teenagers, Robin Fluellen and Gordon Pike were at the lake and they uh, they claimed that they noticed a large strange surging water uh, jet just off the shoreline and shortly after emerged what they described as a five foot tall humanoid covered with silver scales gills like a fish webbed clawed hands bulging eyeballs and it was kind of covered with like spines going all down its back like these big old spikes um, it had wide, it had a wide fish-like mouth, and both the boys claimed that the, ch- uh, the creature chased them up and down the beach all the way to their car, and one boy managed to uh, get his hand cut when the creature lunged at them before they jumped in the car. Wow. Yeah. And later, of course, the boys tell the authorities, and while the whole story seems pretty fishy, <laughs> um, th- apparently they were really scared by what they saw. And the Royal Canadian Mounted Police actually did an investigation. Nothing was found, but what should be noted is another similar report would come in not long after that on the 23rd of August um, near the original sighting when people said they saw a silvery scaled creature about five feet tall with spikes on its head emerging out of the water. It looked around and then went back into the water and disappeared. And they said that natives in that area have often spoken of a legendary fish-like humanoid inhabiting the lakes in the area. So it could just be a hoax or it could actually be these fish creatures that the uh, natives actually talked about. Hmm. Now, yeah. Now, back in the Ohio River, there are sightings of something strange that happened in October of 1975. Um, a portion of that river that runs just in the northern part of Milton, Kentucky, a guy named Clarence Gable – claimed that there was a massive frog-like creature lurking in the area of his junkyard. He said the creature was uh, blah, 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 described as having large bulging eyes, a fork-like tongue, and being a dull white color with black and white stripes. 
Other witnesses in the same area over time would see a similar creature around the Ohio River at the Trimble County, Kentucky area, saying it was some sort of bipedal amphibious lizard-like beast. And then again in 1978, November, a bizarre creature was spotted off the Charles... We- um, a large... Fucking, fucking, fuck. In November of 1978, a bizarre creature was spotted by Charles Wetzel in the wilderness along the Santa Ana River near Riverside, California. He described it as being seven feet tall, covered with scales, having a protuberant mouth, eyes that had a fluorescent sheen to them. The creature would apparently open its beak like mouth and emit a high-pitched scream or a wail. Then it lunged at his car, which then sent him driving off with, you know, basically shit in his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think I shit myself. Get the fuck out of there. Right. And then because this is a video game themed episode, apparently, this wasn't the last, this wasn't the last time the Loveland Frogmen had been seen. Uh, Not too long ago, back in 2016, the most recent report to hit the news, somebody actually filmed the creature for once. Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend were out playing Pokemon Go back Mm. behind the Beth Adams Synagogue in Loveland, um, on Loveland Madaria Road in Ohio. (laughs) Where they might have been, hell yeah. Playing Poke Hermon, if you know what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) And they say they saw a large, strange, frog-like creature in the water of a nearby river. Jacobs says, We saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game. This was actually a giant frog in real life. Then the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs. I realize this sounds crazy, but I swear on my grandmother's grave, this is a truth. I'm not sure if it was a frog man or just a giant frog or a guy in a suit. Either way, I've never seen anything like it. Now, the couple took out their cameras and videotaped the frog man and... The video was too dark because it was kind of, you know, getting dark outside. It's just a shitty camera, of course. Um, and, you know, different time. Um, but what's different this time is they did have their camera and they were able to take a photo of the creature, too. And I'll post this with the show notes. It is Blue Water, a dark figure with giant glowing yellow eyes. Uh, you can see a shoulder, a torso, and what looks like legs, like he's almost floating like a yogi it's creepy <laughs> like he's meditating above the water um but that also if you look at it again it might be him standing with his his hands on his hips kind of like a battle toad shape again so it, it's blurry of course but it should be noted that this is finally a fucking picture of one of these things yeah it looks creepy as fuck yeah most definitely. So we don't know if it's a man in a suit, a giant frog, but something definitely really may be lurking in the waters of Loveland, Ohio. But why was there only one report of these fucking things with a Gandalf stick? Like that's that's <laughs> the ones I like. I want to get back to those because that sounds like fucking aliens or some shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I thought too, man. I don't know. That, and again, I looked all over the place for stories about, you know, Loveland frogmen with wands. It's about the only one you can find, you know. And there's a couple of different takes on the story, but they're all pretty much the same. It's the businessman. He pulls off to the side of the road. They have a wand. He smells something stanky like almonds, which is, could be cyanide. And then, uh, you know, of course, he just fucking leaves post haste and takes off down the highway. So. 
creepy fucking thing. Yeah, dude. Preston, you did a good one, man. These were three pretty solid cryptids for this episode. So, yeah, good job. Gold star. Boom. (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's all we got for those guys. Um, Do you guys have anything else to add? No. Good for me. Hell, yeah, man. I think we did it. Done did it to death, so... Um, I'm thinking next time around we might do another three fur. We might do three different ones, and I think um, the one that I'll tease is you guys think we got to do Jersey Devil? Yeah, we can do that one. Yeah, sound good. Mm. That's that's one of my favorites. With just kind of like uh, kind of like the lore of the Goat Man, uh, similar to that. And you know what's cool about Goat Man? Goat Man, when you told us the story, I love those stories because back then we had traveling carnivals. And half of our monsters that plagued the woods, you know, was, hey, it must be some kind of escape sideshow freak. Yeah. That was like the classic origin story for half of those creatures. So I fucking love it. And then, of course, back then, if it wasn't the sideshow, it had to be the devil. So the fact that his other origin story is, you know, the spawn <laughs> of Satan is <laughs> just pretty fucking great, man. Pretty you classic. inbred idiot. You can't get no goat man by lighting the bolts and carnival freaks. You can only get a goat man by fucking a goat or bringing about the spawn of Satan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, um. I say we cut it now. We're we're on borrowed time. We haven't lost connection because of this storm, and I can hear the thunder and lightning now, so we probably got to call it, I think. You guys got anything else to add? Nope. No, I'm good. Cool. All right. Steve, what do you want to plug, man? Cool. You can check out uh, – shit, I don't know. Check out our Instagram, PXL Paranormal, and uh, yeah, I guess our Twitter as well. Yeah, hell yeah! And all that, all that, all that shit. Not really much to plug. Uh, check out the artwork of CJ Marsh again. Uh, we'll we'll put that in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to plug. Hell and thank yeah. you, thank you again to Dob for sending out that stuff. That, that means the world to me, man. Thank you so much. Hell yeah, yeah. Preston, spin that shit. Say the thing. Yeah. Have a beard. Need a beard? Want to grow a rustic goat man beard? Check out <laughs> BigDobsBeardBomb.com, and Sean's going to hit you with the promo code. Hell yeah. Use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off the entire purchase. And Boom. he oftentimes runs some better sales than that once in a while. So check him out. Give him a follow on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm not on Twitter a whole lot. He may have a Twitter too. I don't know. I feel feel terrible for not knowing that. But yeah, check him out, man. They have some great product on the website. I really, really love it. We all love it, I should Indeed. say. So. Oh, yeah. Cool. Check out Mark's solo podcast, Pixelated Sausage. He does a lot of work for us behind the scenes and has a pretty great show. And Preston, what is my all-time favorite race car podcast? Sports Cars Unleashed. Fuck yeah, it is. Cool. And All the right. next time we come back for this show, I will be one year older. That's true. Your birthday's coming up. Indeed. Our little Phoebe's getting older, growing yep. up. We're going to – anybody that wants to come out to the birthday dinner, we'll be doing next Wednesday. It's my birthday. Oh, we're the day the show uh, airs. Yeah, we're going to uh, air <laughs> nah, not air. We're going to uh, have a birthday dinner at the Cajun Shack, which is one of my favorite places to eat, so yeah. Cool. Come Get on out. On Get down on it. And if you really want to surprise him, put a put a uh, a gift-wrapped bow on some Louisiana hot sauce. 
<laughs> it's true. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, for uh, supporting us, and also for your interactions on Instagram. Instagram has proved to be so far the best um, place for interactions with our listeners. Um, Facebook is becoming just kind of a dumpster fire with the fact that if you have a page, um, you pretty much have to pay a lot of money to get that thing to actually be noticed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just stupid. We make no money off the show. We shouldn't have to pay money to advertise the show. It's just kind of a free thing for everybody. So, yeah, yeah. Instagram is the best place. We still have Facebook. Still love to see you there. Uh, Instagram's the way to go. So give us a follow on Instagram. And uh, presto, I think you said we might start posting uh, the audios for now on uh, YouTube coming up soon, right? Yeah, he did. I don't know where he's at. But <laughs> <laughs> I hope he didn't lose his fucking recording. I'll be so mad. (laughs) So, yeah, well, on behalf of Preston, I think we'll sign off. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Cool. Yep. Take it easy, guys. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.